0: unlocking greatness and the podcast was called um stealing bases and uh, it was a great title and it was a great listen and it was and it was all about your investigation from not only just the sports trivia about you know who is the main base stealers, but you found out that the people that were involved in Stealing Bases, all the great leaders like from Ricky Henderson and Maury Wills and Lou Brock and some of the other modern ones whose names escape me right now, that all of them were either the youngest or one of the youngest children in their family. And then you were able to discover from your reading that people who are like CEOs and who uh, who are invested to take care of things and to be in control and to guide things, are usually firstborns. Yeah, and uh, you're able to indicate that for people. And I think I think your point was that knowing how birth order can influence your choices in life and the type of person you are can help you was the source like a paradox to actually escape the trap of being in the birth order right
1: yeah um exactly so this was research that uh was popularized by adam grant in his book originals where he goes through birth order and he creates this thesis basically that your ability to take risks in life actually are conditioned when you're younger so the youngest in the family usually to to survive in a family and anyone who either is the youngest or is raising children and you have younger children you see like just to like get dessert you're fighting for dessert you're fighting for toys you're, you're just you're always in a game of so if you watch little kids grow up you'll see that like they have a lot many times not always but they have a They have real chutzpah. Like, you know, the the four-year-old that's going up against a 12-year-old, like, no one would tell him that, but because the four-year-old just conditioned in an environment that I fight for everything. So Mm -hmm. risk to a four-year-old is much different than when that four-year-old is the first born child. The firstborn child operates in a much more of an exalted environment. It's most, it's based on right and wrong. It's, he... That has been, that has been imposed on him by his parents. Exactly. As he's picked it up. So the four-year-old really
0: not only has to fight, but has to be inventive in getting it. Exactly.
1: As well. He has to risk things. He's used to taking risks. He's used to being in a world where he fends for himself. So it creates a personality where failure is more acceptable right think about i mean I'm, again, i'm speaking in in general terms there's always one that's not like it and of course if you have close cousins but just let's say generally sure. if, if you're the oldest in a family so therefore let's say let's assume you're the oldest and as a result you're really the apple of your parents eye things like how you do in school and the panic when the teacher first calls and you know when you take your first step and the, the, the fathers son learning when the, all the grandparents show up sure you're you're really casted in an in a way, in an if you will, even though it's appropriate for your age, but in an older spotlight, right? Sure. You're, and now take that down the line. So as a result, now those two kids grow up in very, although they could be living in the same house, very different subtle micro environments. Now that's where they found this great research that lawyers, doctors, senators, statesmen are trend towards the earlier of the of the age order. Entrepreneurs, uh, guitarists. Uh, people that don't fit, if you will, the the mold of like they are the younger. So
0: what could happen is even the entrepreneur, the one who comes up with a great idea, might be one of the younger kids. But then he gives over the CEO stewardship stewardship of the company to somebody the responsible probably, role, to right. someone who's like an older child. Yeah. Right. It, it, so there's a little of that. So yeah. I guess what I was trying to trying to get you to to sort of fess up to. I know what you were trying to do in the podcast, which was. Knowledge is power. And if you know why you are acting a certain way, you can maybe become a risk taker when you've been too cautious, yeah. or maybe you can ha- exercise more self-control when you've been yeah, too right, rash. Right, right. That's the Soda of cautious right? That's right. That's ultimately where I'm going. Okay. Is, but yeah. I want to actually challenge you in a different way okay. to what I thought when I was listening to it, okay. which is because we know when it comes to Yiddish, when it comes to Judaism, there's this incredible tension between Mesorah and Chiddush, between mm-hmm. creativity and tradition knowing the tradition cold and understanding, and yet realizing that new times call for inventiveness and a way to actually, as Rastamshna Hirsch says in one of his letters, to actually take the old staff and scrape away the dirt and the dust that have been accumulated on it to make it not into the, an old person's staff, but into sort of like a stick that you can actually move forward with and go over new mountains and new challenges. And you know, I always like to say that the beautiful Rashi that we had a couple of weeks ago in Parshas B'Shalach, when the Torah writes in the Shira, the Torah says, veYu Elohe Ovi So Ze'eli is like, I'm pointing, this is my God. This is the God of the Jews who left Mitzrayim. They saw God in a different way than the previous generations did, and they are right. In fact, Chazal tell us, Ze'eli veYu is all about being misnod make your shofar in a certain beautiful way, make your shul in a certain beautiful way based on architectural ideas of today. Ze'eli, mm-hmm. the way we see it, yet, Elohei mm-hmm. Aviva I still know, as Rashi says, lo'anit mm-hmm. chilas Rashi quoting from the Chazal, el-muchzekes mm-hmm. v'omedesli Mimeya Bosai. So it's built on Mesorah, yeah. and yet there's chidush. So what I was wondering, because since it sounds like the younger generation... Are the risk takers, and I'm going to say the machadshim, the ones who had to invent new things. How do we actually bring these two together? Because we we like to have, we, we can't be calcified, right? We can't just be stuck with the CEOs. We need to have like new musagim. I'm not talking about Reform Judaism here. I'm talking about seeing things in, in in a way that wow that is a hitish and that was an important contribution
1: yeah so there's this is a complex topic right cuz half of this is conditioning also half of this is natural ability right people are some people are more naturally visionary some people are more naturally risk averse but but yeah one of the most important parts of that study was to show you that two things to understand right away one is appreciate that which you're not right the entrepreneurs need to hang out a little bit more with the more the stewards of capital if you will because that's the union but to appreciate that you're not much different than other people right it could be the conditioning it's not right and wrong it's the exposure that you had that leads you to where you are so therefore to your point earlier if you would just allow yourself to do something a little different you'd find that there's a lot of uh innate talent in there had you been born first had you been born last you may be you may look a little different that's the idea, I think, of, of this idea between Chidush and, and MSora, um, and which is the, the concept that, A, you need both. So the Baal Chidushim, the, the, the the, the, they can't look over to the bal Mesorah and go, you guys, come on. There needs to be a respect for the fact that someone's holding the Mesorah together. And if every guy had a Chidush, was able to run with this Chidush to the end, it would look very different. We'd never really make it through. But the Baal Mesorah can't look over to the Baal Chidush and go, oh, guys, guys, guys. But where? But where? where? But where where is it sense so a from a macro perspective, the relationship, but from a micro perspective is from yourself is to recognize that you actually need both, and I find that sometimes you find people that everyone you have a naa towards something, and then the inclination is to run through your naitya. sometimes the best way to grow your of being a Baal Chiddush is to actually have a little bit more of a of respect the for the missoria, but you probably agree though, Charlie, that we have to
0: encourage throwing the net wide and bringing the not the radicals but bringing in the inventive thinkers into the process right and there's got to be I think a way was your your generation gonna do it more than mine but I think that's going to be crucial I mean there's so many issues that have that have arisen that have Again, it's not. We don't have enough time to get into all of them, but there's all issues about dealing with how we deal with technology today, how we deal with this new world that we found ourselves, and 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 how can we navigate it in a way that we don't have that type of tension? And maybe we need to
1: come up with a method of bringing in the mechadshim, but it's both. It's it's both in that in that the mechadshim need to have respect, respect, but the bali misora need to be able to bring them in. Um, but yeah, it, it, but it goes both ways. I think sometimes you have people that are risk takers because it's, it feels more natural than to actually be more of a steward. And the truth is they'd be better at risk taking if they would just every once in a while learn how to read a spreadsheet and learn how to, you know, run a company and vice versa. I think there are a lot of people that are Bali and that are incredibly innovative, but they would need to, uh, feel comfortable being able to step outside and say I have a chiddush in this so really at the core of it is the ability to that to that yichud that is so critical always in Kalah right that's you know tomorrow two days dafs but you know Baruchas memtes. why is it that your Yosef Akhili holds that every time you go from uh you know, the, the Mishnah in, 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 in bracha says every time you go up in, in, in your Zimun, right? Right, it becomes you go up, so right. It becomes hot right. And you look at Rabbi Rebekah says, no, no, no You know what I'm saying? Or Baruchos right? We reach a certain number and then maybe That's it's... That's it, 10 to 10,000 That's the Mishnah So Taisa says on the daf it says What's the difference? The difference is that when you're in Shul, people coming and going So since you know people coming and going, you know not have one das But when you're in a Zimun, everyone's saying venturing together so Glee says, when you're all together in benching, you're you're not going anywhere until benching is over. That's where you can step up in your thinking. So that's the idea that everyone, wherever you are in life, you have to realize that you 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 there's a part of you that needs to get ex- expressed as well, and it feels uncomfortable. It's your left hand, and you got to play with your left hand too. You can't just dribble with your right. So if you're a Bala Chidush, you gotta work on being a Bala Masora. And if you're Bala Masora, you gotta work even on it. Even though that's not your wheelhouse. Even, exactly. though, even though you're weak. Just so it. that you have the sensitivity to it. And then from a macro level, when you see Bala Chidushin out there, you don't just toss them to the side. You bring them in. But when you see Bala Masora out there, you don't just say, ah, oh, old school. Nah, old school. That's when you when we start to really individually and collectively draw the world together. You need a guy. Who's gonna hold up on first, and you're the guy who's gonna go for second. Together you win a championship. And that's sort of the the challenge, but that's the tension I think of. Yeah. The constant tension, because he couldn't, he could have made it simple. Abisha could have said, listen, guys, look at rule number 1700, subcategory 2. Yeah. He, 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 but he could also, it's all, it's all, it's, it's all up in the air. He wants us to live in tension. Well, I'll tell you this. Just one, we'll end up with this. There's
0: an interesting Kiddush based on going back to your original uh, podcast. You have Moshe Rabbeinu himself. Moshe Rabbeinu himself is sort of like a youngest, right, in some sense, right? He's sort of, even though he is the Bahamasaur himself, can't get a better CEO than him, but Moshe's the youngest youngest in the family, right? So Moshe, in a way, although the family sort of starts again, in a way, with him, because... Yochevet comes back and becomes young again so it's sort of like Moshe Rabbeinu was himself sort of like a crystallization of this on one hand he's the youngest and he definitely is the risk taker look what he does yeah, to Paro totally. but on the other hand he definitely you know, very good he, he, he shows himself as that the ultimate very good it's great self it's exactly I okay, love it so, right, so we're we'll back uh, here next week here on one on one so if you love us the way Charlie just loved that part. <laughs> I so, love it. Yes, great part. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well oh. I'm, I'm impressed with Tyson's Adopt <laughs> I'm, there, there. I'm not even up there to the Dop yet. So we'll see you here next week again. So I'm from Kivlovich and I'm playing one-on-one with Charlie <laughs> Arari here. Take care. We'll see you next week. Okay, well uh oh. I'm, I'm impressed with Tyson's Adopt <laughs> I'm, there, there. I'm not even up there to-